This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you like what you're hearing, which, come on, let's face it, you do. Make sure to tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, the app, or my site, AllisonRosen.com. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode. My guest today is someone that many of you may already be familiar with, the one and only Dave Damashek. Hello. Welcome back. Now, you were on my show uh, a little over a year ago. Is that how long it's been? Yeah, I believe it was around May 27th. I know because I went back, because I never, I've never forgotten. <laughs> I, I haven't even showered since. No, I went back to listen because oh. I was thinking about what I want to talk uh, with you about today. And I really sort of wanted to get into just your story, just how it began with Dave Damashek. Fascinating. I know. And then I thought, but certainly I must have done that before. But why do I not have a memory of it? It must not have been compelling. How could that be? And then I went back and I listened. I think you just nailed it, sister. No, that's not it, though. Although I find your, um, your, uh, if your, what is, oh no, oh no, words have failed me, Dave. It's Uh because you're so handsome. Yes, that's right. That's often, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You know how Medusa, what she does to men when they yeah. look her in the eyes, right. they turn to stone. When women look Damashek in the eyes, they turn to mush. I know. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm all putty. Well, I'm not surprised. And imagine if I turned it up to 10. You know, I'm what, giving, what I'm, are we at? What level are we at right now? I'm going like two and a half, three right now. That's about Oh, as, my God. I mean, it's just, you know, listen, I we, just, we have a show to do here. Yeah. It's well I known be... the world over. He's the love skunk. Yeah. <gasps> the love skunk. The love skunk. Yeah. That's what that's Why? Well, I my history with relationships is that uh, you know I mean about once a decade or so I dupe some woman to to have interest in me mm-hmm. and uh, and you know we carry on for a little while and then eventually and all and you know inevitably we split and they're none the worse for it you know they're fine they go on with their lives. Three weeks, three months, sometimes it's as much as three years later, though. You know, as soon as they break up with me, they get into the proverbial bathtub and they wash off the stink of Damashek. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, it takes a lot. They get the industrial bet, soaps. Yeah. They get the tomato like juice. Uh, right. That's a, the gritty industrial right, right. kind. Right, Sandblasting. Yeah, they really. And then they tomato soup in the bathtub for like two hours just to rid themselves of any, uh, you know, any of the stench. But then, like I say, who knows what happens? Six months, three years, whatever later, all of a sudden, uh-oh, they say to themselves, what is that? <laughs> I still got Damashek on me. And that makes me the love skunk. I, you, once, once I take you between the sheets, <laughs> you'll never completely leave me behind. I now, is that supposed to be seductive or is that supposed to be threatening and menacing? Because what Both. I get from that is – I'll reek for the rest for, forever. Well, that's literally true. Yes, literally. If you come, but within also contact emotionally, me, there will be a, a stink. Um, no, I was going for what I was saying was a very it's a, it's a very everyday phrase 
And occasionally those just completely slip my mind. Hmm. And that makes me worried about my um, future dementia. Yes, my brain. (laughs) No. What is it when you're being – it's not self-effacing, but when you're you're shitting on yourself, not self-denigrating, self – Deprecating? Yes. All right. There it is, right there. You'd think I would know that. And I'm a wordsmith, too. I thought I was, too. You are. I'm, I'm still disappointed. My we can talk about whatever. First of all, okay. I love your winsome way, just the way you come uh, right in out of the music. I find it very charming. Thank and, you. I, and I feel like that uh, you would be engaged right out of the gate as a listener. But I'm still bummed a year plus later you haven't taken my keen advice to play, to play your own music. You were in a rock band. I know. Who's broadcasting besides David Lee Roth? Well, he's not broadcasting anymore. Who else was in a band? Uh, Henry Rollins. I think he does some broadcasting. I mean, that's a very small group of people. You should be using that and playing your own music. Is I, there shame or something about no, it? No. I mean, it's just... It's just been a long time. I, I did play some songs. Hmm. Uh, there was a phase where we were putting an ang- Angora, as that was the name of my band, a song at the end of every episode. And then I just haven't in a while. Can I tell you something creepy? Sure. Uh, I've come across pictures of you online in your band. I looked different. With your band. Yeah. You, do, you look pretty much the same, Thanks. right? Where are you finding these? On the internet. But how do you come across that? NFL.com, well, you click aim. the wrong none link. None or? of your business. It's my own personal stuff that you don't get to find out about. Thank you for telling me that because yeah. I actually don't find that creepy at all. When people say stuff like, I don't want you to think I'm a stalker, but I was reading your blog. I'm like, no, that's what it's for. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the thing that I don't want you to think it's creepy, but. I noticed how you dry your hair when you get out of the shower, and I feel like you could shave a few seconds off. That would be creepy because yes. I'd be like, how are you seeing that? But just looking at stuff that I put out there, although the pictures of my band I don't put out there, but yeah. they're but they're out there. Yeah, it's not creepy like in the movies. You see that in the movies a lot. Like you know, the guys on the phone and the stalker, the creepy bad guy yeah. is like, uh, you know, whatever you're doing today. But uh, I don't know about that red shirt. And then like they put right. and they look around like where where's how's he see me? Yeah, yeah. it's not like that. No, that you it doesn't know feel of, or that, that I, I would admit right. here. Well, what do you think of the way I draw my hair? I, well, I mean, are we going to get into this right now? Do you want me to to, yeah, to talk about I'd that? Like to know. I think the house coat for a woman of your of your physical appeal is unnecessary. You know, can we? Okay. You know, all right, noted. I just I don't think of it as something that people are going to see. I'm one of these guys, though. I'm one of these human beings. I have a check your clothes at the door policy. You know, <laughs> you get you come over to Damashek's crib. That's the way it is. You yeah, just, you go nude or you don't come in here at all. You know, right? That's my thing. Okay. What order do you disrobe in, though? Because for me, hmm. it's check. I have a check my own bra at the door policy. That shit comes off right away. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah, women don't Most like women, wearing no. The bra. That makes me. You know what though? Some women who have ginormous jugs, <laughs> they're like, I find it more comfortable. I sleep in a bra. Yeah, um, and I, can I just see think, that. how uncomfortable are you all the time? Sleep in a bra. How uncomfortable must your existence be that? To wear something that is uncomfortable is more comfortable. Well, I will say this. You know, I, you and I have talked about this before. I find it very strange. And this, uh, you know, it's one of my uh, things that I have uh, gone on and on about is the disgusting display of men's feet in society. Yeah. Why, why it I get became it from acceptable 
that you know that you can go out in in the public in your slippers or whatever you want to call them with your stinking big hairy feet out for the world to see and and you know women have made so many things have done so many things for the fellas mm. makeup right you know you hold your bra you you hold your bosoms you restrain your bosoms and why because it's more physical because it is more enticing to us i guess i yeah. say eschew the bra and show your bosoms Okay. Don't show them by me. I don't have to well, hang this... them out like Miley Cyrus or anything. But you could, you know, just let them be. You don't have to. So by by what standard do you need to wear a bra? Enough, I, I say. Feels it feels like some kind of antisocial, and I don't mean that like I don't like to go to parties. I mean sort of on the spectrum of mental disorder to walk around without a bra. I don't know why it feels like an attack on civilized society. Well, they do. I mean, like Lindsay Lohan, I saw her a little bit of her interview with Oprah a couple weeks back, and I was sad to see that her her ample bosoms have now taken up residency on either side of her navel, which is that's a shame. I, I guess that's unattractive, but. If it became the societal norm, I don't think we right. would bat an eye at it. You guys wear high heel shoes for and for whom? Really, I went, I know women on some level like to impress each other, but that's keeping up with the Joneses. Ultimately, no, it's they're about super looking, uncomfortable. Yeah, well, it's about so, looking I, I guess attractive. You get used to them, but yeah, yeah, but still, you're doing it to be attractive, or at least it began way back when in an attempt to attract. Uh, to attract the man. And I read, I don't know if this is least we can true. do is keep our feet hidden away. And I heard, Thank by the you. way, Corolla went, uh, went on a jag about uh, how he hates feet. And oh, it was, oh, no, it's it's in multiple jags. I mean, you feel he, like he's does he listen when I speak? Does, I, I mean, I was so. speaking, but does it, but it, see, he always has said, and he's accused other people of this, but it's interesting that it happens with him too, which is that you know you hear it. If you asked him, hey, but Damashek did that, he would say, I don't know what you're talking about, but your brain absorbs it whether you realize it or not. He hears it. He ingests it, right. but he doesn't. it doesn't really rattle around for him. And then he can therefore bring it back up and not realize, oh, wait, somebody else was talking about that. Well, his specific foot gripe, his specific toe jam is uh, – um, thank you. Turn of phrase, it didn't work that well. Um, I feel like Foot in I the mouth. Yes, I that's I'm, I'm out now too. Um, <laughs> we've shot our feet wads. Uh, he. I hope you can toe nail it here. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we've gone too you're far. You're becoming a heel. Oh, yeah. I'm, Game do, set and match. Do I seem arch? Rosen. <laughs> now you're pummeling me unnecessarily. <laughs> you're humiliating me. I'm sorry. Okay. His thing is uh, people who take their shoes off on the airplane specifically. I feel like yours is more about how ugly men's feet are and how gross mm-hmm. that is and no one wants to see it. His is people who get barefoot and stick their feet all over everything. Uh, you know it's what? Kind of, it's similar. I agree. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, but I- I'll say this. I agree with his point about that. I was just on the airplane a couple of days ago, and it is we have transformed. I mean, you know, listen, Miley Cyrus, of all the things that people are so up in arms about with her performance at the I don't, VMAs, I'm not or up in arms about that. I know because listen, everybody looks for, and every week almost you get at least. One opportunity as a resident of Mount Pius to ascend up onto the hilltop and look down at the rest of us humans and wring your hands and tisk tisk at us. But Miley Cyrus, so fine. So this was their opportunity, and they were thrilled to, to, to cast aspersions on her and the youth of America and where are her parents and so on. 
To me, the two things that were most offensive. First of all, her tongue. What is going on I with that thing? I could not agree more. My, did you see the tweet that I retweeted? My friend Wendy, who writes for Bob's Burgers. Okay, I have to find it. Talk amongst yourselves. I have a friend at Bob's Burgers, too. Tall, tall John, tall who's, John. Uh, who's the, who was descended straight from the heavens, as Wait, far as I'm what's, concerned. He's I feel a wonderful like I, fellow. What's his last name? Tall John. John Schrader. is his last name. Yeah, tall. Yeah, what tall is, is his first John. name. John. Is his last name. <laughs> no, he is like routinely known by everyone. It's tall. John. I'm a, sure that he knows my friend Wendy, and he lives up to it. It's not an ironic one, you know. He's not a bald guy who right. is called Curly. Right. Although people always make that reference, and 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 I've yet to meet anyone who is bald whose friends call him Curly. Yeah. I don't no. think that probably exists. Anyway. Anyway, is. Wendy's tweet. Miley Cyrus's tongue just crawled in through our mail slot, and now it's in the kitchen making itself a sandwich. Scared. Please advise. It re- that's <laughs> terrific. It's horrible. It's like Venom. Do you know Spider-Man's arch nemesis, Venom? That's it, It's really... What gives? It and if was you sticking had that- so far out of her mouth. I was actually like, I wonder if I could even get my tongue to do that. We I was in the car. And I couldn't even... I was like, I don't even want to try. I don't even... <laughs> It's, I don't even want to see myself do it. Did, did somebody tell her that that is sexually attractive to men? That's exactly shirt, what I think. Her shirt was had the same expression. That's the weird thing. Did you notice? I think she had a cat on oh, her shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cat was making the tongue thing. She, so that's her thing. She operates under the mistake, mistaken uh, idea that that is attractive, it's clearly, or she wouldn't continually not. do it. But it to me is like, you know, Drew Brees, the quarterback in, in the NFL, he has a big mole on his cheek. It's as though you circled it, you know, like right. if bring what it's the least attractive aspect of you why would you try to draw attention to it it's very weird it's like having a, a prosthetic and putting a tattoo on it you know like yes. hey look at this everybody i have a disgusting tongue want to see it over and over again that offended me and also the content <laughs> of the lyrics that was the I crazy didn't, i didn't even hear them i'll get up on mount pius about that okay. go up maybe gary can look them up or whatever they all they are just this this empty hedonism, which I guess is redundant. But it's it, it, just a do whatever you, the message is basically: Hey, everybody, do whatever you want. There are no repercussions for whatever you do, and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Which is a good message. And and that is basically brings us back to. I'm sorry, that's how we got to that. Oh, is on the airplane. We now live in a society where people now dress. As though they're going to bed when they're getting onto an airplane. Oh, you're I'm flying, and not even at night. Sometimes I mean, yeah. I, I noticed it happening ten years ago on Red Eyes, but now it's the middle of the day. Oh, you're flying across the country to New York. Well, therefore, I'm going to wear jammy pants, <laughs> and I'm 43. Yeah. What? What are you? What are you wearing? They bring their pillow, their home pillow, and they're just carrying it under their arm, and they have a, it's. They really are just short of having their their uh, their little. Uh, uh, you know, fuzzy slippers on, but short of that, that's they dress like I they're guess going I to bed. I just feel like it's gross. Flying, especially in coach, which is how I fly, is so unpleasant mm-hmm. that if that makes it a little less unpleasant, then I don't care as long as it's not actually as long as your feet aren't uh, like invading my personal space. I guess, but it's pretty. I, I you know what? I'm I'm a hundred percent in on this thing of do not remove your shoes. Yeah. And, let alone your socks. And yeah. I've seen I don't need to see feet at all. Sti- you know what? We should get off of the air travel thing. I know people don't enjoy hearing right. Well, so about that. we have the Miley lyrics, and I want to go to those in a second. But I just want to want to close the loop of what I was trying yes. to say before, which is you were. I had made a joke that it wasn't compelling, and then you made a joke that was self deprecating. There was mm-hmm. that word, and I was saying, uh, no. The reason I couldn't remember us having really gone into 
your whole story is because it's always didn't. about you. No. Oh, no. oh, actually, well, actually, yes, because you came on the show and you started interviewing me a bit. That's right, because America, or at least uh, the the section of America, nay, the big blue marble that doesn't know the news girl for Adam Carolla needed to find out more about this lady <laughs> on my show. That's right. Yeah. Well, listen. No, no, I think probably they did learn stuff about me. Right. That was nice because you're and you're a good interviewer. Uh, but then we started talking about other stuff like uh, pickles and Connect Four and mustard and you know the usual stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't my think, passions. Yes, we talked about Danny Bonaducci. We talked a little Nay, bit about America's that America's passions. But we didn't talk. It's true. We didn't talk that much about um, you know how you grew up and all that. So let's get to that after we talk about Miley Cyrus's lyrics. Oh, who cares? I just was making a point that they're offensive, but I don't want to uh, be, you know, a resident of Mount Pius. Well, I'm curious, It's our party. We can do what we want. We can kiss who we want. We can sing what we want. We can take whatever drugs we want. Wait, just where where are the drugs? They're in there. There's some reference (laughs) to them somewhere. We can kiss who we want. We can sing what we want. Red cups and sweaty bodies everywhere, hands in the air like we don't care. What would your hands in the air like you do care look like? Wow. That's a great question. Yes. <laughs> I guess it, it begins well, on the finger. I'll tell you this. You know, watching those VMAs, actually, it did occur to me that I'm so I'm so in my own head wow. and it makes it deprives me of chances to have fun in life. I was watching the VMAs and then they go around to the crowd shots and whoever's on stage, whatever the genre of music Everybody in there has is, is is bobbing their head to and fro. Not too much, you know. They're not dancing and looking silly, but they're not so subtle that they're not uh, honoring the person who's performing. My the entire three hours I was in that crowd. That's all I would be thinking about. Like, am I moving right? Am I? Is that yes. enough? Are people staring at me dance? Have you ever been? I'm. Well, have you ever been? You've been obviously been on the stage. Whenever I, I kind of was one of the main reasons I stopped going to see live music. I used to love to go and see, and and they're cool theaters here, just as there are in Chicago where I lived before that. And I would go by myself because I didn't like having to hear what somebody else thought. You know, like mm-hmm. ah, I'm not into this. I would just I started going by myself to see. You know, the the indie bands is sort of is sort of my thing. But then those people are young and much cooler than I am, and they're hipper than I am. Right. And I started feeling so. Self-conscious. Uh, self-conscious about like, oh, my uh, – look at how all these people, they seem to know the right, uh, you know, the the right the amount of – the right amount. It's not that they're I, dancing with somebody else. It's just the way they move. It's like, yeah, they have a carefree way. But, of course, mine is is anything but carefree. Mine is, is very labored as well. Yeah. And I the only good kind – the only kind of dancing I can do is like, you guys, look at me. I'm at a wedding doing my silly dances. I can yeah. do the Roger Rabbit. I can't do that – Cool, just bobbing my head in time with the music thing. I th- I don't know what I look like. I think I look stupid if I do that. Yeah, that's it. See, but, right. But you know what the te- what what probably is the case. No one's here's, looking here's, at you. Yeah, but people say nobody cares. Nobody cares. But guess what? I care. And when people come up to mm. me and say, "Hey, we're all out there having fun. Well, who cares? We all look stupid." Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> that's true. And believe me, someone in here is noticing, and that person is the man in the mirror. I see how silly you look. Right. I don't want to look silly like that. I already am enough of a jackass. What bands would you go see that you stopped going to see? Um, Like I say, those indie bands. I saw, I remember, I actually, it was a pretty good range. The best, the best, one of the most surprisingly great live shows of all time, and now they're a little bit long in the tooth, but Fishbone. You ever see Fishbone live? Um, oh, I may boy. have seen them at a festival because there were tons good, of festivals hard in Orange funk. County. Really, yeah. good. I mean, really dynamite. They right. were they were good. 
Tribe Called Quest in their heyday. That was another one of the great uh, live shows I've seen. I saw Modest Mouse a few times, mm-hmm. and they were they were a good one. Although uh, their front man would get drunk and uh, sometimes spit on the people uh, up close to the stage, yeah, which I, so I wasn't there because, of course, I didn't want all those people behind me saying, "Who's the uh, Who's the, the Jew not- dancing weirdly <laughs> up front or like bobbing his head out of rhythm or whatever?" Right, right. Do you find you listen to cool music now? Uh, you know, it's weird. I uh, well, I, I I guess I feel like only recently have I. I'm completely out of touch. I don't know what music is out there. Period. I, I, I to be honest with you, I'm not yeah. sure what is. I I saw those VMAs. I knew who Justin Timberlake was. There are a lot of people. I just flat out do not Mac Macklemore. Don't know him. I've just and everybody's like, you don't know Macklemore. Good. You're I don't know. A better person for it. Is that right? Yes. What Good. What is Macklemore like? He's a rapper. He's a rapper. Oh. His main song, the first lyrics are, I walk into the club like, what up, I got a big cock. That's all you need to know about him right See? there. I'm out. No, I'm in. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> so the Miley Cyrus lyrics, there are references to drugs. Yes. She's partying with Molly. That's which, is that everyone's FCC? reference. Yeah, that's MDMA and everyone's standing in the line for the bathroom so they can get a line in the bathroom. Right. So that's coke. Yeah. yeah. When did when did it become Molly that we You're call it? You're looking at the wrong fella. I know. It, I just Molly told you be- I'm square. Molly became popular like in the last 18 months to two or three years, something like that. And that's for cocaine. No, no that's ecstasy. It's Yeah, it's oh. supposed to be. MDMA is ecstasy, right? Right. You sound like someone's grandparents. Yeah, it's supposed to be a more pure form of ecstasy. <laughs> oh, so it's slightly different it's, than ecstasy. Right, ah. so it's just the active ingredient in ecstasy is it, and none of all the other bullshit supposedly. I will oh. tell you of my plan. Here's my grand plan. If I make it till I'm 75, 80-ish, smack. Smack habit. Yes. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going hardcore drug use, and that's I'm it. Around, wait, how old are you now? Do you reveal your age? Because you look 27. I don't. I think that's a rude question. I'm to sorry. Ask. No, I'm 43. I get confused by how old I am. I really do have to think okay. about how old I feel like I. It, there's that thing. How old do you think you are without thinking about it? How I old do you imagine 24. yourself to be? Really, 24? The, yeah. For some reason, that is always no. Actually, I'm trying to think. Maybe 34? The fours. That's about what I think. I think I'm like 33, 34, and, I'm like, and I realize, oh, my God, I'm old now. I'm really yeah. – I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to – I mean, I'll tell you what's no jive, 50, and I'm getting there. And it's coming, and it's coming fast. In seven years. It, yeah. Somehow Ray Oldhoffer turning 50 like three weeks ago has really thrown me for a loop. He turned 50? He oh, did. that is depressing. We're all – we all got it coming, you know? I know. That's what you got to remember. We all anyway, got it coming. Anyway, when we're old – if we're still in touch, let's do heroin together. Awesome, okay. that'll be good. I'm in. Count me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I would not. I'd, I'm, I would be way too afraid to try it before the end of my life. Yeah, no, we don't want to take any unnecessary risks. But when it's time to check out anyway, so yeah. what? You're, uh, I can't. I can't go out and run around anymore. What am I going to do? I'll tell right. you what I'm going to do. I'm going to ride the horse. <laughs> That's right. That was so, cool. The kids know what that one means. You and your Molly. Get out in my day. I was, cha- a smack, I was in, a smack addict. In my day, we chased the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the spike and now. So what are you doing with yourself these days, David? It occurs to me that some people listening, they're probably really entertained, but they're like, I, I don't know who this person I is. That, but, uh, I mean, because everyone knows who you are. Uh, no, I doubt that they're highly entertained. But no, I'm I would, sure they are. I would my say, um, I, well, what do I do these days? I work at uh, NFL Network. And Doing I what? And I talk about football. 
uniform monitor? I do it all, though. As You're I on air, say, right? I, yes, I do that. In fact, I'll promote something right Please. now, if I may. I've just been uh, – I'm put. I'm going to be co-hosting uh, a new show. They do a biography kind of documentary show called A Football Life, and it's – Pretty much as I just Great described, show. it is they focus on, generally speaking, a significant uh, football person or a significant play or uh, moment in history. And so, you know, this week it's Ladanian Tomlinson from the Chargers and Jets. And it's basically his life bio. And that's an hour. And then after that, now they've added a show called Backstory. And I will be one of the hosts of that, and I'll kibitz on the couch with Ladanian Tomlinson this week and all the other subjects of the show. So that's a new one. Then I do my own podcast, uh, the Dave Damashek football program, available on iTunes. You know, that's... How many days a week are you on TV? It varies. Depends on what I'm doing. But, yeah, I do animated stuff. I do it all. I do it all, Rosen. Are, are you recognized all the time on the street? From the NFL viewers, I don't know. That's a weird thing. Are you recognized a lot now? Uh, a lot. I would not say a lot. Sometimes it's a weird thing to f- be paranoid and feel like because there are a percentage of people there. You know, I would say one out of five people, or maybe even one out of ten people who recognize you actually approach you or say I know. something to Therefore, you. Therefore, everyone does know who we are. And I find that very creepy. I don't like the idea of, of probing eyes because my I look at everybody in the room. I'm obsessed with, with everything that's going. I love to sit next to people on a first date. I love listening to the, the, <laughs> the, the, the tenor of their conversation and what's happening. I love trying to figure out if they're on a first date or if they're beyond that. Yeah. I, I that's that's exactly right. That's the yeah. game I love to play, and you can pretty much play that game. That would be a fun. That'd be a fun little uh, oh quiz show kind of show. Yeah, yes. like go in and identify, but it would have to be hidden camera. Yes. I don't know how it would work, but yeah, yes. I've First always, date or married. Here's the show I'd love to do. I used to do a show for this network here with uh, with my pal David Feeney. He and I we used to do audio blind dates. We would set up a, a pal with uh, somebody who would call in. I think that's a TV show. I think that's me good. and Feeney on a first date with people and coaching them on how to do on what to say to each other would just be a would just be a fascinating bit of television. How would you do the audio blind dates? We would get I, I, you know what to be honest. Well, we would have sound effects that made it sound like you were in an Italian restaurant, and uh, and and one of us would be the waiter and take I your was, order. I was the waiter. In Is that right? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, it was a great show. I don't know, people, obscure thing that nobody cares about. It's no, about. it's not true. Com. It's not, it's, I mean. It is obscure. It shouldn't be. Perhaps obscure, but it's legendary. Well, I'm happy to report because I don't really have much, I, I really don't get a chance to do it, but a lot of the people who probably listen to this, I should mention, you st- you their should. hero, David Feeney, you know, who's a, a, a you know, a mensch of a fella. And a great talent is is about to be, or is I guess basically a titan of industry now. Not only is, is he, some he kind more of mogul, yes, he's more or less running the show. New Girl, you know, as mm-hmm. a writer. Then he sold a, a screenplay that Reese Witherspoon and Sophia Vergara are making. Then quirky women, yeah, and then he might make another thing. sitcom wow. with ABC. It's crazy. Meantime, I'm talking about football. That's what I do. Boy, we I, Wait, I really now, made it. No, it's terrific. Why? A multi-millionaire. <laughs> Are you Me really? Taking, no, he is. <laughs> he is. Taking his drinks with Reese Witherspoon. Rubbing elbows with Zoe Deschanel. Talking to backup running backs. How often do you guys talk? 
LT, man. Come nah, on. You've got to be LT. excited about that. Oh, by the way, the most recent uh, podcast that we did, the, the DD football program, is uh, is with LaDainian Tomlinson. And he pulls back the curtain on Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez and what that Jets locker room is like. I know you couldn't care less, Allison. I just fell asleep. I'm actually very interested in that, though. It was very good. Like and guys. he also weighed in on Miley Cyrus and Ben Affleck as Batman. So, again, we run the game. Because, listen, here's what I say. Yes, we can talk about the game of football, but it's more important to talk about the game of life. That's why you got to have me on and just not talk about the game of football. Okay. I've a full game of life. Only if you'll play music. I promise Maybe you we'll I will. Maybe we'll play the game life. Okay. And eat life cereal while oh, we're doing yes, it. Oh, yes. Let's do it. And yeah. Now, I have a question for you. Why does it make you uncomfortable to think that uh, – there are that like one in ten people actually say something, but then there's ten other, there's nine other people who recognize you and don't say anything. What part those, of that is I assume, because I assume that most people like listen. I mo- uh, do you like most people? I assume those people probably recognize not. me and probably don't like me. And oh, there's that, there's that jackass. Oh, who contaminates no. the show. I no, otherwise no, no, would no, enjoy. No, 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 no. I don't think that's why they don't say anything. I think they don't say anything because they're they, in awe. Well, honestly, yeah. Or they feel like it's awkward or they don't want to interrupt you or they feel like, um, yeah, they just – they don't know they, – they don't want to bother you I think is what it is. They assume that it would be bothering you. Because mm. when you see someone that you recognize, do you ever say anything about I don't it? know. All I know is that I got a big pot belly and a, a balding head and that's what they see. And that's the ugly reality. No, I don't even see the pop. I could or just the go through head. life. I could just go through life left on my own. But then again, as as the story has been told a million times, there's something weird. This is actually a pretty, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's anything insightful about this conversation that's been had countless times. But isn't it weird? Not to, not to, not to suggest that I'm not to suggest that I've uh, that I'm any level of fame anyway. But even in the mildest way, when people come up to you, oh, I know you from this or that, you know. Even if you don't like that or you feel uncomfortable or uh, that's – those are almost always the people that choose to do it. So it is essentially a chip on their shoulder. Now, there's a small percentage – Wait, who are the people who choose to do it? People who choose to perform, who choose to do something in front of other people for a living, whether it's talking or singing or whatever – I think that those people very rarely is it motivated by. I just am. I'm just very confident that what I have to say belongs uh, needs oh, no. to be shared with no. the world. You're trying to heal some inner yeah. wound. Isn't that and you right? Want validation, of course. That's old news. Is that what Doctor Drew tells you? Oh no, but I, no. I'm just no. Um, he probably would say that though. Can I tell you? Yeah, I love Doctor Drew. Do you? I, I do. Oh yeah, in many different ways. Some of them. Just sexual. Women but, all really like him. Yeah. But here's the thing. I have to say, close your ears, Gary. My, some of my interactions with Drew have left me a little wanting because I find that he's usually like, you are fucked up for these reasons. Okay, moving on. And I'm like, what? I thought, I don't know. Like, I feel, I always walk away from my exchanges with him where I have opened myself up and been vulnerable. Finding that he has made, well, no. His assessment is that I'm more fucked up than I think I am. I feel like I'm holding Ooh. it together pretty well. Oh, that's not good. But I think it is because he generally de- deals with addicts and people who are like pretty fucked up. So, so he's finding things that may not even actually be there. Or I just <laughs> or I'm just wanting to believe not believe that deluding I'm not fucked yourself, up. I yeah. might be deluding myself. I don't know. 
isn't that the way to go? Because don't most people do that? Don't most people delude themselves on some level to well, get through life? I mean, yes. Yes and no. Yes, of course. But I guess I think of myself as like will. fairly self-aware. Can't do anything about it. Jesus wanted it this way. But that's not me. Like I'm someone who's I know it's not, but I'm saying most people delude it, themselves yes. in that yes. manner. So okay. that's how they can achieve happiness. Well, it's not on me. It's right. somebody else has decided this for me. Moving on. I already, right. I I already wish I hadn't. Cut I wish that I hadn't, out. Cut that all said, out, Gary. I wish I hadn't said anything ne- negative about Drew because I do well, here, love you him. Want, you want a little help? Because I love Drew too, but I was recently interviewed on his show and okay. I left feeling similarly like I, I had a very short interview with him, uh-huh. but I left feeling That's all like it takes. A, I, there was a lot that was brought out that I didn't want to talk about. Yeah. And B, he seemed to be jumping to conclusions. Yes. Like – the fact that I went to Arizona is is now a huge negative in his mind. I know that. Like you were running away or something? No, like Arizona's a party school and God oh, knows what he did down there. Right. Like like that. And it's just like, where'd you go to school? Arizona. Oh, okay. And it's like, <laughs> you can just like, it, it was See, hard to fight the feeling that, okay, you just went from zero to 12 without thinking about the fact that my journey may have been different than the average person. Yes. I think that is why he and Adam, that's part of why, of their magic on the radio is that they do jump to conclusions. I'm snapping in case you're wondering what that snappy sound is. I think that they hear a few things and they're like, oh, this means blah, 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 blah. Most of the time they're right. Um, and I think that <laughs> I don't think there's any merit in his quick take uh, opinion on who you are. He's not some uh, but it may, trained right. therapist guy. I'll take Dr. Drew's opinion. Right. But I'm just saying it makes for interesting radio. But oh, yeah. when you're the one who just got put in a box in like two seconds, you're like, this box doesn't fit right. Yeah. And then it's uh, uncomfortable. I think especially, especially when it's for public consumption, too. Yes. That was the part I didn't really like. Right. And I think especially if you're someone. I don't think you are, Gary, but someone like me who's had a lot of therapy, who's used to exchanges with people in that role being a certain way, then when it's like, no, this is an entertainment thing and it's different, but Drew is a doctor, it gets confused a little well, bit. Well, everyone who's, who is, whose work, whose life's work is, and then they get rewarded for it, for having opinions on whatever it is, be they amusing or or insightful or dramatic, at some point that you know it's it is almost impossible it seems to not become more and more insulated from other opinions and the easier it becomes you just start kicking throwing out this right. is what the problem is yeah and you, and you cease to really investigate it at all and now you have dr drew it's not just giving an opinion it's a, some sort of analysis of what you're about mm-hmm. i'm sure that that delu- you know there's some level of uh you know of uh, right. Cliff's Notes version, uh, right. Cliff's Notes well, also, analysis. He'll, he'll be the first to say his specialty is dealing with addicts and addiction and people who are not just like us, delightful, but maybe mm. a little askew, you know. Mm. Um, anyway, though, let's – hmm, what should we talk about? Okay, so you were saying that the reason that you – oh, no. Okay, sorry, jumping around. So you assume that people aren't coming up to you because they don't like you. I, I disagree with that assessment. I think it's just their own shyness. Perhaps, yeah. Who knows? It's just weird. I mean, listen. More basically, their eyes are probing me. You know. Yeah. I don't like feel molested. Well, because I feel like no one. When I bring things up, most people say like, "Who would even notice that?" I'll say like, "I listen. I don't like." You know, I feel like that the the table next to us. I'll say this this sort of thing all the time. The table next to us, it hasn't said a word in a few minutes. Why? Because they're listening to our conversation, and that makes me uncomfortable. And uh, the other person will say, 
What? Who would even know? I didn't even know there were people there. I am. Uh, I'm paying attention to who's walking into the room. Yeah. I always have to sit with my back to the wall. I have to see the activity in the room and mm-hmm. and scan it out. And so my assumption is everybody else is kind of doing that. No, I think people are are usually pretty checked out. Mm. Um, yes, sometimes I will be out and about, and I'll see someone look at me for a little too long, and I'll think either they recognize me. Or there's something weird happening, like something's wrong with my face. Mm-hmm. And it's one or the other. I don't know what it is. But I would hate to be that person that thinks people are recognizing me all the time when they're not because that is um, pretty conceited. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, it, 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 you know, it's uh, – I don't know what I was even going to say. So you grew up in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, PA. Yeah. Fill me in. I, don't, I, know that, I know Mo is your mom. I loved it there. And it's a it's a wonderful place. It's funny. People always say, you know, I have two kids, and pe- I, you always think, ah, you know, be it's nice to live in L.A. or somewhere like this because it's warm. Then they don't have to worry about the snow. But then I remember when I was growing up, I loved the snow. Yeah. I loved it when it was cold. It never occurred to me. Ah, this is unco- oh my, I can't wait till the sun comes out in in April. It never crossed my brain. I loved going sled riding and everything else, carefree, yeah. playing football in the snow. And all that jazz. Yeah, it was uh, my old man. You know, he was a – oh, and this was cool. This is how I got into sports, you know, how I became such a uh, crazy sports fan. Pittsburgh, of course, is a provincial place and, you know, a lot of its self-esteem, the civic esteem comes from the sports teams. In the 70s, they, right as I was growing up, they were really good. The the Steelers football team and uh, Pirates baseball, they were really good and they were – so everybody connected with that. But my home in particular because my old man – was the team doctor for the Penguins, the hockey team, and for Pitt football, the college team. And so I got to go and, you know, kibitz with those guys. And, you know, every Sunday, well, you know, my uncles would come over and watch the game and my grandparents. It was a it was a thing. So that was ideal. The problem is, and again, this is something I've talked about, you know, on, with Corolla over the years. It's funny that we, in, in, in a lot of ways, wound up with the same emotional state in 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 many regards like i say because his parents he you know feels he was completely deprived of affection mm-hmm. my mother you know made me feel like you know listen you're the you know you you may be the president of the united states at some point <laughs> soon um and then when you left the house though you realize that that's an illusion you know everybody doesn't share that opinion and then you're let down by the world so that was so that was the thing and you know being a i you know a scarring incident for me in my youth is, you know, I'm a Jew, but I'm not, you know, I'm not as an adult a practicing Jew, but still Jewish and the only one in class. And I always remember third grade, uh, Miss uh, Balance uh, music class. Remember that in elementary school, you would go and yes. the teacher would play the piano and, and you'd sing, sing yeah. songs. Did you, was it an upright piano? Because ours was. Meaning what? Upright piano. Um, okay, so a like a grand piano. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't baby. a grand yeah, piano. It was the upright. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 a little one. Yeah. The and boxy kind of one. Yeah, and, and our music teacher had all sorts of little buttons and things on the wall behind her. Yeah, yeah. What's that? Are they all the same? <laughs> what kind of thing is that? What a weird, what right. a weird uh, thing. You'd go and you would sing with your mm-hmm. classmates. Do they do that still? I hope so. I liked it. Well, I didn't enjoy it. And Wait, did you? Did they give you little folders with the uh, yeah, of course. music yeah, inside? You yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The words. Did you and get everything? stickers at the end sometimes if you were I, good? That I don't remember. Okay. Um, I never. My relationship with school was never a good one. I never liked it from day one. From nursery school, Mrs. Really? Rogers. I remember once we got big block graph paper, and 
we and and we had to and she was like at the top like at the top line do two color in two red you know the big graph you know what I'm talking about the big checkered pat not the little tight graph right paper. not the quadrille but yeah the, I the, think the I really do. big ones I think I for do. little and she would say all right now color in three reds and then do on the next line do four greens in a row to see if you could count and identify your colors what does four this greens mean school. like lines. No, color in the boxes. Oh, each oh box. gotcha. Okay. And at the same time, my old man was reading me a book about giants, I remember. He mm-hmm. would, he read me some giant stories. And one was about a giant who was out to sea and something in the raft tipped over. So I illustrated that on the page using the blocks. Within the blocks, I still That's did it. That's pretty advanced. She gave me the business for doing that. Who she, gives a nursery school kid Mrs. the business? Mrs. Rogers said, you're not following the plan. This isn't oh. the way it's supposed to be. Then Mrs. Rock, clipping your wings. Mo Damashek once put some good and plenties in my in my little uh, in my little snack, mm-hmm. and we would and the order was you would do a snack and then it would be nap time. You uh-huh. know, twenty minutes worth of nap. Yeah, time. I remember. Well, I hadn't had my good and plenties yet when it was called for nap time. And she and I said, well, I haven't had my good and plenty yet, Mrs. Rogers. And she said, well, it's nap time. You'll have to hold on to those. I said, listen, my mother put them in there. I have to eat them. Did you really and, say that? I did. And then <laughs> and, and she sat next to me while the room was dark, everybody else laying there, and I ate my good and plenties. And when I finished the last one, she said, nap time's over. And that, that made it concrete. I was never going to get along with school ever again. Oh, Mrs. Ballin. Back to that story. Wait, and you were bummed out because you wanted to nap? Because my memory is that nap was not that fun. I didn't like nap, but the point was that she high-hatted me because I wanted to eat my good and plenties, and she made some attempted to make some spectacle out of the situation. I wasn't having it. Same thing the next year. My first grade teacher. I saw her in shorts once. I'll tell you the Cliff's Notes version of this. One time... There was this weird thing at the high school. I don't know how we got into it, but my first grade class at night, it would be like Tuesday nights, we would go to a track at at the high school and we would run laps. And I cannot for the life of me, and I've asked my mother this, what was that? What, who? I have so many things like that. What was that? Where did you go and why were we yeah, sent off to right. run laps at night? It sounds like a prison camp or something. <laughs> it sounds like uh, it sounds like the Nazis punishing people. Like, well, to what end? The children at school? Is that what the Nazis did? Six-year-olds? Did you run laps at I night? don't know exactly what happened. I haven't seen something Schindler's like that, List though. in some time. But right. listen, the point <laughs> is, so... One time, I guess, as a as a show of esprit de corps, the first grade teacher showed up. Now, she was a heavyset woman, and she showed up in shorts that night. And I said to her, oh, look, you have pig legs. <laughs> and now, listen, in hindsight, that's not a nice thing to say. And I don't think that's a good thing for anybody. It's a powerful message. Don't. Did you not mean to, to – did you don't not realize tell adults it was mean? The, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Right. I can't get into my mind. But just as a, a you know a takeaway for the kids out there, don't tell your teachers yeah, don't. that they have pig legs. And, of course, like I say, she was heavy set, so I really didn't have it quite right because the – pigs pig, have Pig legs, legs have abnormally skinny legs. If you could go back and torso. fact check that, what would you have said? Hippo. Hippo legs. A hippo legs, smart. Hippo yeah. legs. So um, now, of course, that punch up aside, I, you know, so, of course, she called home and told my mother about it. And I remember my mother. She didn't want to keep that one to herself. My mother was very upset. And she brought in some construction paper and crayons to me. And she um, and she made me write 
uh, an apology note. So I wrote on the piece of paper, I am sorry. And I remember I gave it to Miss, uh, I'm not going to say her name, but Miss P the next day. I gave Ms. it to Piggy? her. In the, no, Miss P was her, no, P, but it would have been good, see? But so I handed her the note in the crossover of reading groups, you know? I handed her the note. I remember she opened it up like, an, like, a, like a card and looked at it and then without making noise just went, like that and then thank you then the next week as it happens at recess donnie gruber picked up a stick a big long stick a really big one that fell off a tree as most sticks do Uh, many the and and he threw it in the general direction of linda laface and tierney cortese well they were great names well they ran into miss p and they ratted out donnie gruber but somehow i got lumped in on this crime i don't know no and by the way no one got hit by a stick tattletales tierney and linda laface so they tattled on donnie gruber and dave damashek what i don't know i got called in miss p said i heard you who threw a stick at somebody i heard i heard you threw a stick at tierney and linda i said what i don't know what you're talking about throw a stick at anybody i don't even know and right then and there, I made a decision. I said, I have to go to the bathroom. Miss P, can I go to the bathroom? She said, fine. She said, no recess for you for two weeks, by the way. Because, oh, that's this, not fair. I said, this is America, lady. But she ha- would hear none of it. That's so I want a trial. But she wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> so I said, I need to go to the bathroom. I went there. It was January, so it was cold outside. No matter, I instead of going to the bathroom, I walked out, I went, I got my lunchbox, I got my winter coat, and I got out of that school because I, I was I was I running away? Was I gonna go and just hide out the rest of the day? No. I was going to tell Mo Damashek about the injustice that had just been leveled on my head. I went there, but she wasn't there. You know, and Where'd and you go home? I went to the to my house and I and she wasn't there, Mo. The house was empty, so on the outside, you know how you have those wells down into your basements. In I, w- some I grew houses? up out here. Oh, you did. But yeah, so. I can. Oh, well, no, no, I know. Yeah, little half wells on the side of the houses and the windows to the basement. Right. Anyway, so I hid in there until until Mo returned home. Hid and I, and, and I thought, well, yeah. And I, in I, case the school came to find you, I thought, or I, I, I don't know. I, it's weird to think what was I, what was right. I hiding from? But you just, uh, I think kids know they're not supposed to be not in school, out and about, yeah. and you need to hide when you're not with a parent right. or whatever. So I and I thought I heard my mother, but the tinny uh, audio I was getting or the uh, the the sounds I was getting in there, it sounded like a, it was a woman's voice. And I came out. It wasn't Mo Damashek at all. It was one of the lunch ladies. <gasps> I found out. They came to your house. I found oh, out decades later. Decades later, I found out within like ten years. Within the last ten years, I found out the entire school shut down because a six-year-old disappeared from school. So I went back to school and uh, Miss P came out and sat in the lunch lady's car with me, and she demanded for 45 minutes, I demand an apology for this. Do you know what you've done running away like this? She sounds awful. I said, I didn't throw that stick, and I'm not losing my recess. And she said, this is unacceptable. I want an apology. And I said, you got your apology last week. And she refused. I I could not be broken. Then I went home at the end of the day. I told Mo Damashek exactly the way it went down. Miss P- Miss P called my house to say Dave. I feel has a and we've talked about it with the principal has a real problem with authority. What did Mo Damashek say? He told you he didn't throw that stick. That Good. That solidified my bond with with uh, my family. 
and cast aside all others. But then it set up a difficult spot for me. And Mo and my two sisters were the only girls I talked to through high school. So that was it. Wow. But, oh, and you and stay- then, okay, go ahead. Well, I was also going to say Miss Ballin, the, back to that story in, in class, in the singing class. Around the holidays, how humiliating is this for a little kid? They would we'd sing Christmas Carol after Christmas Carol after Christmas Carol, and they're all jolly for the most part. And then, but like about almost towards the end of class, they would always say like, "Okay, everybody, now it's time we have to sing a song for David." <laughs> Just how objectifying! Oh, yeah, once. I know. Yeah, yeah, you know. I know. Hanukkah, oh, Hanukkah. And it's a terrible song too, and they have all the kids would be like, "This song sucks." Thanks a lot, Dave. You didn't sing the dreidel song? No, at least that one's kind of catchy. Dreidel, yeah. dreidel, dreidel. No, there's a Hanukkah, oh Hanukkah, come light the menorah. Let's have a part. Remember that one? We never sang that one, but I did see that performed in a TV movie that is oh. one of my favorites. It's called Sooner or Later. And it's the kind of thing that I stumbled on. I'm like, how did I never see this when I was the appropriate age, never heard 13 of it. or 14? There was a book called Sooner or Later. It's about a 13-year-old who takes guitar lessons from <gasps> That's when I decided I wanted to play guitar. I was think I was wow. 16 when I saw it. And I was like, it, it wasn't like I wanted to be her, but I just thought, I would like to pick up the guitar. I think I'm going to do that. So anyway, weird that, that, that it's we all just, coming together. That we just unearthed that I nugget know. here? Anyway, Who if needs anyone's Dr. seen Drew? Sooner or Later, write in and tell me. It oh, was real crappy. They've long since but... tuned out after my 20-minute monologue about nothing. That's not true. I have a story about when a fart got blamed on me in fourth grade. Oh, my. But first, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Dave Damashek and my fart. Available now in the comedy album section of iTunes and on AllisonRosen.com. A special episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Live from the L.A. Podcast Festival with guests Greg Proops and Doug Benson. They give you the, they give you the receipt. They give you the receipt, a couple of dollars, two yeah. dimes, a like nickel, and a penny, they give you and they change. shove it all at you like you're just supposed to take all that different right. information. Stick it in your wallet. Pouch. What's their question? This goes in my garbage wallet pocket immediately. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for giving me garbage wallet pocket stuff. <laughs> Could you throw it overhand at me and I could try to catch it with my garbage wallet pocket? <laughs> and if you had ever seen my old wallet, it was I had to going. embrace whatever the next thing was because I feel bad that I shit I on this segment. Now. The question is, do you also hate when this happens? Yeah, because you get too many things at once. It's <laughs> like being given a big yeah. basket of stuff or whatever. Like, I'm not ready for it all now. Yeah, it's like you're in porn and suddenly there's four dicks. What are you going to do with right. that? Right, right. It's like money bukkake. <laughs> and a receipt. Money bukkake? Did you really just say that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Subscribe to Allison Rosen as your new best friend on iTunes or go to AllisonRosen.com. Only from Corolla Digital. Allison's your new best friend. Welcome back. We're still here with Dave Damashek. I just took a moment to notice. That's a very nice shirt, Dave. Ah, thanks, you. I like your colorful... Uh... That's right, you guys. I'm wearing a color. You are. Turquoise. It's like a right. Miami Dolphins. Again, it's not a reference you don't get, but Actually, very... my first boyfriend liked the Miami Dolphins. It's turquoise and silver, right? Turqu- well, yeah, turquoise and orange. But... Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's fine. Close Raiders enough. have silver. They See, do. I there know about go, sports. Sister. Good for um, you. So I would like to find out more about the fact that through high school, 
uh, your mom and your sisters were the only people, only girls that you talked to. But since I promised the fart story, I will quickly tell it. In fourth grade, I was under the assumption whoever smelt it dealt it. That is how it had always been up to that point. So when people started asking me one day shortly before lunch or recess, do you smell that? Do you smell that? Allison, do you smell that? I said no because I honestly did not smell that. And then it like the room kind of began to buzz. Like, you you don't smell that? I'm like, no. Thinking I'm saying I don't smell that. That fart is not mine. Right. Turned out they had changed the rules. At this point it was you can't smell your own fart, which is not even true. You very much can smell your own fart. Yeah, you're coming. You might enjoy it more than someone else's, but one is not immune to the smell of their own farts. No, indeed. So the thing is I hadn't farted, and I really didn't smell anything. But they apparently all did, uh, and then it was blamed on me. You poor dear. I can't ima- I really and believe the that. the guy that. who sat next to me, Taylor, the most popular boy in school, uh, it was just – and he just – he like made a feast of just laying into me, but not always in a mean way, just really like focusing a lot of attention on me in a way that was not it was it was just like it was like a cat and mouse almost. <laughs> I was just this earnest, unpopular mouse, and he was this um very socially strong cat, and he was really like making a field day of this and and oh my, oh, Allison, gross. Oh, could you crack a window, please? And I remember like some kids had their head down on their desk with their cardigan sweater covering their head. That's how bad it was, like like chemical weapon attack situation. <laughs> <clears throat> it actually, of all the things though, I don't remember being that bothered by it because I knew that I hadn't farted. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was being maligned. So, but the, I, that's one of those things. I remember in seventh grade, a kid, Chip, he uh, he. I remember we were in class and he was sick with something and he said uh, uh, he raised his hand. He said, I think I got to I think I got to throw up, Mr. D. I got to I got to throw up. And the teacher, I remember him saying, like, don't ask, man, just go. And he stood up. <laughs> the kid stood up and he threw up right oh. down the aisle. And I always I always would say about that guy, he could go on to be the president of the United States. The only thing I'll ever know or anyone else in that class yeah. will ever know him for is that he's a kid who threw up in seventh grade. Did did that scar you in sim, in, in the same way? Did I don't, the I most never popular thought about boy that, probably. ever, when you got to like 11th grade, 12th grade, did he start chatting you up and like, oh, I don't even remember that, baby. You're foxy now. I know that much. Uh, I changed schools after eighth grade. I had to get away. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, see, now we'll never <laughs> I don't know, know if how the that story followed me, though. Here's the thing. I think that maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like in their heart, they knew that it wasn't me. And certainly the person who dealt that one knew it. Someone in there farted and it That's, wasn't me. I'm sad to report to you all these years later. Only the one who did, in fact, deal right. it maybe knows right. the truth. No deal one else it. knew. They bought the story. It's so unfair. Yeah. Good thing you li- – I mean, listen, think about how you would be if you if, had right. gone through high school. You would have been, you know, scarred beyond right. words at this point. Right. Right. There was a girl in my class um, in Woodshop in fourth grade. The motion of the saw made her pee, like, all over the room. <laughs> well, all over her leg and stuff. Um, <laughs> she'll always be remembered to me that way. Mm-hmm. Now – Okay, so you didn't talk to other women besides your mom. You have two sisters, is that right? Yes. Uh, are you the youngest? I'm the middle. The middle. Yes. What is the age difference here? Uh, my older sister's two years older, younger sister a year younger. Okay. Um, 
And what are their names? Amy lives in Pittsburgh, has two little boys, and uh, and Debbie lives in the on the outskirts of Chicago. She has uh, two little girls and uh, a couple more kids with her new husband. Um, so yes, they live so nice, you, happy lives. So you did not talk to many women. What, what was high school like for you? Well, I was a nerd. That's all. I had I had I had three or four friends. I was a wiseacre, though. I was known to be a wiseacre. A I funny wiseacre. Yeah, are, I think right? I was known to be to to be funny. And what happened? I, what do you? Oh, I get it. See, because I I lost those powers. Well played, sir. You've <laughs> stung me. Cover up your face, Rose, and he's coming for you oh, no. next with one of his witty jabs. <laughs> um, uh, the, I want um, him. He better keep his japes to himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I um I I just uh, yeah it, I was I love sports I was that doesn't sound nerdy to me I had a big nose I w- I basically have the same nose I have on my face currently mm-hmm, except face that I weighed about uh, I weighed probably fifty or sixty pounds less than I weigh now so you can imagine how enormous it looked on my face but what kind of nerd were you I because if you, you played sports and you liked sports, yeah, but I was bad at them. I oh. played sports, but I was sort. I was never bad enough. I was never the last guy taken in in in, in uh, when you're picking sides, but I was never the first. And as much as I played, I should have been better. I'm the most coordinated slow person I've ever known, or the slowest coordinated person, mm-hmm. however you would prefer. I would love to have been great at sports. It wasn't in the cards for me, but I was going to games all the time. I always watched games. I was obsessively watching sports and Star Wars and stuff like that. But I wasn't. I wouldn't. I, my I didn't get good enough marks to be considered, you know, a bookish nerd. You know, right? Was, You're just kind of a dork. Yeah, and that girls just didn't. Yeah, girl. No, no girl ever came up to me and like, hey, Dave, what are you doing this weekend? I never went to parties. I always remember in I, like we had HBO in the early days of uh, of us getting HBO. I remember on weekend nights as a teenager, my parents would be out, both my sisters would be out, and I would be at home by myself watching uh, Friday the Thirteenth or or Freddy Krueger. Quite a sad example. Fun. <laughs> Quite a sad example. Or, or on the off chance, maybe I would be at a hockey game with my with my three or four friends. When did you lose your virginity? Do you tell that? Uh, I can tell. I was in uh, I was in college. Yeah, that was a weird thing. I, when I went to college, it was really a strange phenomenon. Where'd you go? Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana, a glorious place. Um, it was a weird. Th- all of a sudden, just uh, I I don't I have no explanation for it at all. All of a sudden, a few at least good-looking girls kind of like were like, "Hey, what's what's your story?" Like, what I don't know who are you talking about. <laughs> Wait, are you asking? I, I mean, I I really must have seemed ridiculous. Like they would come. I remember they came to the dorm room, and I had a roommate, and I was like, "Well, you're here for him, right?" And and then I would leave and go play basketball. And I remember the one time a really good-looking girl came to the dorm room, and and. As soon as he got she, she got in there, she was hanging out with uh, me and my roommate. But I was like, and, and like two minutes later, I, I was like, ah, well, I'm going to play basketball, and I left. And like an hour and a half later, she showed up where I was playing <laughs> basketball, and I was like, wait, that's a girl who was just in our room. I'm like, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, she wants to ask me about like, hey, what's you know, so and so really about? How do I <laughs> how do I get in his pants or whatever? And I'm like, so what do you? I don't understand what you're doing here. She's like, I came to see you. I'm like, about what though? I don't get what's going on. Smooth. So, yeah. When did you realize? 
well when she dropped my drawers right there in front of all the fellows playing. Now, I don't know. She uh, Like, did she persist? No, here was the best thing, actually. Here's the best thing. So this she's she's a foxy blonde in the, in this dorm in Indiana University. It's big, you know, one of those big ones where mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, freshmen are living. These two girls, like the first six weeks of, of college, there there were these two who became legendary in short order among all the fellas. Like, wow, those two blondes live in the same room. Can you imagine? My, you know, like, uh, yeah, I can imagine what I would do to them. <laughs> so I'd touch on them all over the place. <laughs> I would do things to them that I don't know about. And so that was one of those two girls who, who then came to the thing. So I hung out with her for like uh, for two weeks or so. And then her roommate said, hey, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm into you now. And she was foxier. And then I dated her for pretty much my entire college career. Oh, wow. It was weird. And best of all, it drove a division between the two of them. They were best friends. They came from the same town. By the time I was done with them, they were both ruined. They couldn't. They were no longer friends. Because of you. That's juice, baby. Gary knows what that's about, right? <laughs> that's all right. That's not bad. I don't know what happened, though. I mean, I, I really, I, uh, in August in Pittsburgh, I'm as big a loser as there is. By, by, you know, Thanksgiving break, I was the cat's pajamas and the envy of all the fellas in the dorm. These two blonde foxes battling it out for my affections. I don't know why. Nothing changed. It was yeah, the exact same thing. Um, so wait, I didn't think, learn anything. You, it wasn't like, oh, here's the key, you know? No, but know. but their friendship broke up because of you. That's you think? Right. Yes, I know it did. So the foxier one was upset that her no, the the lesser of the foxy ladies was upset that the foxier one. Make stole no mistake, you. they were both foxy. I know. One was just like a what eleven, and one was a ten. Yeah, I would. I mean, legitimately, I would say they were. You know. Nines, you know, they were both. They, they were both, uh, and you you stuck good. with the foxier one for the rest of college. So you had one girlfriend through college. Oh, I basically. stuck her all right. Uh, I don't, Gary. Don't shake your head at me. Um, <laughs> better than that, Shaq. For uh, much, yeah, I mean, but but off and on, off and on through the college years. Oh, okay, sure. yeah. So you also played the field. No, I mean, yeah, I, that was the idea. But then I realized, oh yeah, well, who do I think I am? See, that's a mistake you make. It's like, mm-hmm. oh look, I got one fox. I'll just continue. Oh no. Oh wait. These powers don't work. I don't know what what magical little window I yeah. have snuck through here, but uh, that does not translate to to the universe. Apparently, why did you guys break up? Uh, I don't. I now I can't. I, I honestly, it's a, one of those things that I I do think about from time to time. You are so thoroughly convinced. You know, one of those one of those old sort of. I guess you couldn't call it a cliche, other than there are plenty of fish in the sea. But those sorts of things that people say to you when they're a little older, they'll say, "Believe me, man. Oh, like you, who cares? You're not. You're a, you're a young person. This you're not even going to care about this. And but you you're consumed. You think, yeah. oh, this is it, though. I, I I'll, I'll never know the touch of a woman again. And oh, this was the only one that I could ever care about. But that really is a remarkable thing. I don't know how you can convince children of that, like that whatever happens in your childhood. You can't. I know. I know. It's that is, not going to affect you. Like not, you know, you just I always don't think get... about that because I feel like that question comes up a lot, not specifically asked to me, but just in the question it exists in our culture. If you could go back you know, and tell your the the young you something. What would you say? And it's for me. It's always the same. Like, don't worry about all this shit. It doesn't. It's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. I think that's what everyone would tell the younger them. Mine would be 
uh, try pistachios because I hadn't tried them until about like eight years ago. <laughs> And I went wild for him. I don't know how I got this far in life without ever eating <laughs> why one. Why were you staying away? I don't know why. I, I don't have, again. Did you it, think you didn't like them or you just, it was I figured as much. Yeah, they're green. They're not attractive. And I just thought, and then I tasted one and, you know, I was uh, immediately, I, I departed for cloud nine. And then like a year later, I had pistachio ice cream, which I also enjoy. Yeah, greatly. you'd think that you wouldn't because it's green. Yeah. That why don't they make – can you only make – why do they only make peanut butter? Why don't they make pistachio butter? They make almond butter and do cashew they? butter. Maybe they do make pistachio have butter. Have you had – what is it called? It's not – oh, have you had cookie butter? No, but I've seen it uh, and I thought I would like to dive into that. Boy, is it dynamite. What did, What do you eat it on? Just a spoon? You just eat it on a spoon. And now, they'll advise it? you put it on your toast or whatever and that's not a bad move. But trust me, by itself, that's that's enough. What the, is it really? The internet seems to have plenty of pistachio butter if you're interested. You're kidding me. Oh, no? How about that? See, maybe I'll try that someday. Click through the uh, banner on AllisonRosen.com. Yes, get it on Amazon. on Amazon. And also be good to other people. That's the other thing I would tell them. That was what I would tell. Were you a dick? My youngs. No, I wasn't. I had no juice. You know, I, there's a big thing. Sounds like you did if you could divide the blondes. You know how literal. Part you know, the blondes. You know, how, you know how people misuse literally a lot. And, yes. And there are a lot of things It like literally that. drives me up a wall. Yeah. Well, of course, that uh, that drives me up a wall, too. But, you know, the uh, – what was I going to say? Um, the um, – You didn't have any juice. That's what you were saying? Yes. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Here's a, mis- a commonly misused thing is that guy's an asshole. But really, there's a, an important distinction there. There, I was an ass, you see, when mm-hmm. I was in high school. I was an ass because like I, I didn't – Yes. You can't be an ass very rarely. Some people are asses and assholes, but rarely no, are the two No, asshole requires awareness. You ha- Right. If you're an a- – and it re- and it and the, you have a certain a power. You have a – the guy sitting <laughs> right. next to you who decided to use his powers for ill. Yes. To asshole. shame you. Already a nerdy uh, girl mm-hmm. now further, uh, su- you know, pushed deeper into her shell because of his deeds. That was an asshole move. I was just a wise ass. You know, I was a wise acre guy sitting in class. I wasn't, you know, right. I had no juice to actually injure people emotionally. But it's interesting because I have found in adult life that a lot of women create some weird backstory about me because I don't know why. Because I guess my self esteem or something indicates is mistaken a lot for swagger. Or you know cockiness. A lot of women will say like, "But you know, ah, you 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 like yourself a lot." And I like myself. I couldn't stand myself. Any. I don't even get a lot of self esteem off you. I mean, I guess but, as a uh, performer, you're 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 confident in the way that you speak and the fact that you perform and whatnot. But other than that, when you talk, there's a lot of self deprecation. I like like you know, listen, your predecessor Teresa always like ah, you you beat people up, you emotionally beat people. I'm like what? I'm I have no I I, don't, I haven't the juice to do that. I have no power. I'm a loser. How can I hurt anybody's feelings? Being who I am. I'm a loser. I can't hurt anybody's feelings. Why would anyone put any stock in anything I have to say? I think she felt a lot of people did that, mm. perhaps. Would you say that's a fair assessment? I can't remember that far back. It was so long ago. And I wasn't there, so I don't know. Um, but, but you feel like a lot of women, a lot of women do this? 
Uh, no, I don't know a lot of people, but I I feel like well yeah women or you know, some guys some people think like man oh you got uh, you're pretty you like you enjoy yourself quite a bit I do no I don't think I I don't enjoy myself at all what I enjoy is TV that's what I enjoy I enjoy that as well it's my only real friend it's some of the friends some friends have come and gone women certainly come and go the only one who's been there for me mm-hmm. every whenever I need him TV he teaches me stuff. Tells me, makes me happy, makes me laugh once in a while. He makes me cry sometimes. I cried me... watching Family Ties the other night. Is that true? It's not wow. untrue. It he is makes, true. He sometimes shows me nude women. You go to your TV for that? I guess, yeah, not as much anymore. What, what was the Family Ties episode that made you weep? Well, uh, Stephen Keaton's station was giving away a scholarship and Alex was going to enter, and it was open to the employees' kids. Which, first of all, Wouldn't it happen. never would. It never would not be not at a public no. station like that. No, but anyway. but yeah, but I got past that. And uh, so Alex was going to enter, and everyone was asking Mallory why she wasn't going to enter, and she was saying that it's just that the things that she cares about, no one thinks are important, and she's just not good at these kind of things. And um, but Elise really talked her into like just try. You know, if you stay on the sidelines, you, you're not going to take a risk. Just take a risk. Just try. You've grown so much in the past year, which that made me think no one really says that to adults. That's a real thing as a kid that, or that teachers or parents will say, like, you've grown so much in the past year. You grown know? so – well, I always think of the thing like you can be whatever you want when you grow up. That was a big message for people our general yes. age range was be, when you grow up – Nurse or you, doctor. Whatever you want, you can be. And that's such a, a, a an awful message for people. Right. No, you can't. You can't be whatever you want. Anyway, back to it's what inspiring. happened with Elise. Yeah. So anyway, Mallory. she decides to enter as well uh, and she does her um, – her presentation is about – uh, attire for women in the workplace that so that they'll be taken seriously. Yes, it's I pretty remember smart. This you do okay. Yeah. Um, and so then it turns out that Alex is going to win, but Mallory is the runner-up. The one of the guy because he comes out of his meeting and then she goes right into hers, and the guy tells him this, and when he finds this out, he decides to drop out all yep. of a sudden. So the Alex. show win. Nice. Yeah, and it's so it's so sweet and moving. That is nice. Listen, Family Ties was good. It was a good, good show. You know what and the really Lynch, funny, too. You know what was funny about that show? Uh, what? The Father. Yes. That's what made that's, the show great. Yes. That's Michael what J. I've Fox been... became the breakout movie star. but, but Michael uh, Gross. But yes. That's what I've been noticing when when going through all the – in Netflix trying to figure out what episode to watch next. I want to watch one where he has a big part. Did you remember this draft card for The Burning, one of the best episodes, when they redo the play that he wrote in the 60s? No, I don't remember it. He's the director. Um, and he just becomes really like insane and pompous, and it's very funny. Stephen Keaton, yeah, he's a he's an underrated sitcom gem. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what did you major in? What? Did you, how did you get into everything that you do now, babes? No, I majored in <laughs> uh, I majored in choreography because that's really for me my first passion. Dance, Dance. movement. I majored in uh, I majored in journalism. Wasn't robots. No robots. That's not for me. That technology. By the way, I tweeted it out the other day. I, anybody who is so naive, I had my iPod earbuds. I was going to the gym, and I was in the car for three minutes. I take them. I get, get them at my house, put them in my pocket. By the time I had arrived at the gym, they were so tangled up. I hate that. Every, I, the, everything. If you don't think that the machines are making their move, 
The war on the humans has begun, and if you don't want to recognize it, then guess what? You're going to be the first one they get. How does that? Do you mean to tell me those aren't free thinking things that they just tank? Oh yeah, they just randomly wrap up into tight knots in three minutes, untouched in my pocket. I know, unmolested. Anyway, what were journalism, we talking about? You measured, what journalism, kind of journalism yes. did you think you wanted to do? Wanted to do? I took. I remember. Uh, I, I was. I, I didn't know what to do. It was weird. I got into journalism school. It's a. It's actually. It was a good journalism school. Um, and I got in, but the requirement was that you had to type, I forget how many, like 50 words a minute, but I didn't know how to type. I'd never typed anything in my life. And um, I don't remember how I, – I, I just basically lied in the uh, in the administration office about, oh, yeah, I already took that test. And somehow they accepted that and somehow I snuck through. But then I paid the price for it because then you were in journalism classes and they're like, all right, here are five stories – you know, put them in the right order, write all five of them and, uh, you know, put them in the proper order that they would go in. And uh, and you have, you know, 45 minutes to get it done. And everybody else, you know, like that. I had no time. I just would have to yeah. write. And that was a that was a terrible ball to be put behind. But you caught up, obviously, right? I did that. And then I did some uh, and then I wanted and then somebody one of the teachers said, you know, you what you should do. You should do broadcast journalism. You, I could see you doing that. And so I started to do it. And um, I remember I did like you had to do faux news pieces and I did one like here on the sidewalk of Third Street and blah, whatever. And I remember that the teacher, the professor, didn't think I was in the room when he was reviewing the tape. And he was like, oh, look at this poor guy. I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, what a gut punch. But you stuck with it. Well, no, I didn't really. I abandoned it. I went went to Uh. Chicago. I bartended. I did sales for uh, six years in in Chicago. Didn't bother me. Corporate benefit packages for like large corporations. It was humiliating Fun. work. And uh, yes, I, you know what's the weirdest? They talk about what you don't remember from your youth. I swear, I do not remember anything. And I did it for four and a half years. I have, I, and by the way, I had very little working knowledge of it when, while I was doing it. I have no idea what happens. I, I, yeah. I, I cannot remember anything about it. The only thing I really remember about that job was one morning early on after I got the job. And this is in my 20s. And so, you know, every night was a twister with my chums. You know, every night in the, in the north side of Chicago was terrific. And one morning I was really I, – I, I really didn't feel well. I was pretty hungover. And as I was walking into the building, I sort of bent over to to to, to throw up. And I remember thinking like – these people are paying you money to be here right now, <laughs> and you're going to throw up because you're so boozed up still from last night. But that was the highlight. <laughs> and then that was – yeah, and, that, and then I soon took to showing – like, I'd be like, yep, I was at a sales meeting. And that's when I would show – I'd show up at like 1030 in the morning, and I would take two and a half hour lunches, and then I would – I got a meeting, so I'm just going to go home from there. Did and you so get I, fired? I rem- I took a – they were like, we're cutting this company back now. We're cutting back on things. And I knew as it happened that – because then I was dating a girl in who decided to move from Chicago to L.A. to be a producer. And I thought – and she was saying at the time, move to L.A. She had been there. She had moved out a few months prior. She said, move out here. Why don't you? And I said, what the hell would I do in L.A.? And she said, why don't you – you could try being a comedy writer. And I said, what – I mean, that was a you know that was a ridiculous suggestion because who becomes a comedy writer? I knew no one in the world who ever aspires to be it. It sounds like a fun gig, but how would one come by such a job? I had no idea. And she said, "Ah, listen, there's no degree for it." Um, so I uh, 
so so I and then just then they said, hey, we'll give you six months severance and everything else if you you know if you'll accept uh, what was it called voluntary dismissal mm-hmm. or whatever they called it. And I said, I volunteer. And then on my way out the last day, this is it before the days of when everything was on computers and everything was saved digitally and everything was like in file cabinets and 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 uh, you know Manila folders. I went through there. I went through the whole office, and I took folders from one place, and I put them in another, and I did that for about a half an that. hour. Think of the damage you can do if a place That's has – That's why they escort you out. If a place has hundreds of thousands of files all over the place, and you start moving them – I'm not even in the same room or anything. If you start moving them all around the building and everything, that how are they – the answer is you would never fully find right. everything. I spent, like I say – Knowing, like they're like, all right, we're doing this, and then you have to go in. I remember you had to talk to different people to make it official. Like, all right, I am officially saying that this is the end of my time and whatever. But before that, I knew they would escort me out, so I did it all before. I I, I really ruined it. That's about the only things I remember from that experience. But at the time, I uh, she you know this girl convinced me to move out here, and so I did. And then I just and then a series of flukes. That's all. Just a, a really random legitimately random lucky events sort of kept me working what what were the flukes that got you to i knew about there was there was some job well the first job i had i was a writer's assistant and somehow on what uh, well i it was weird a guy had a development deal this is a weird thing I, i don't know if this is inside baseball but back like when i moved out here in 99 um back in 99 um I uh, the the big thing was development deals. So if you were if you were associated with anything successful on TV, like all the Seinfeld writers for sure, got development deals. This guy was one of the creators of Mad About You. So he had this. He had just come off of a I think it was a three year or four year deal in uh, during which time he got paid twelve million dollars by Jeez. DreamWorks and created. Nothing created. He created ink on some level or something like that, but then got fired from the show by Mary Steenburgen. So literally walked away, creating nothing by DreamWorks. Made l- over ten million dollars from them, and and the, the the premise being, well, if he's done one good thing, then he'll continue right. to do that, and that's a specious sort of logic to apply because maybe, and in fact, a lot of people have one really good idea, and some you know, and doesn't mean that there are more behind it. Um, look at me. I've had like a like three good ideas over the. I have three good little anecdotes, and mm. I've written on so those for pistachios. about twelve years. Miss um, P. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's the third. I, well, I could tell those stories uh, later. Uh, <laughs> and mustard. Yeah. Yes, I have many. Uh, I have many long-winded theories on condiments. Um, but. Um, so you're a writer's assistant for that. So guy. I went. To, I, I did that. So I yeah, I went in and I, I, I somehow the girl who I was dating said, "Oh, I heard there's a writer's assistant job." And you know, at, at the same time, I, I was being. Uh, how would you ever be a writer? The only path realistically is to be a writer's assistant. But then that was beneath me. I didn't a writer's assistant. Yeah. Wait a second. What? What kind of cockamamie jive is this? I'm a writer, don't you know? Um, even though I'd never written anything. But so I got – and that was like a week after I got out here and he was a creep. 
Anyway, but so so everybody had would have these million dollars. So he came off of the one deal and immediately got into another one for three more years for more millions of dollars. So just as he gets that, he is not didn't have a show in production. But so I would just sit there with him and we would write scripts and so on or outline scripts and whatever. And that was about six months. And it was miserable. One time he threw a script at me. Jeez. Um he was like, uh, you know, he's insane with uh, his attention to detail, and I typed something wrong, and I was a bad typer, typist, as I said. And he threw a script at me, and he told me, get out of here until you can get it right. So I went, and I had to leave for like a half hour <laughs> or 45 minutes, and then I came back. And when I came back, he said, David, look in the refrigerator. And I, it was this was all at his house we would do these, these yeah. this work. And I went in the refrigerator, and there were crab cakes in there. And he said uh, – he said, those are for you. He never said, I'm sorry for throwing a script at you, which might be a little bit out of bounds. It seems weird. It does, yeah. But instead, he gave me crab cakes. That did was a ha- weird move. Did so he I have could- them on hand for when this happens? I don't know. I don't know if he sent out for them or what, but there they were, two crab cakes waiting for me. That was his apology. Then I, then, then I heard there was a job in sports on a sports trivia show. I went in there to, to – um, I submitted and then I got called in on that and I met with the the guy and and I got that job. And I remember on my first day, it's a cable sports trivia show. I thought this is ideal, my first writing credit. And it's it's a perfect training wheels for me. I'm not ready to go into, you know, into the Simpsons and, you know, set the world on fire. This will be good. Get my feet wet, get a credit and all that because that's what you need. Um, and I thought, and obviously, I'll be the funniest guy in that room. Sports trivia on cable, please. You know, I'll be with a bunch of nerds. I'm going to kill it in there. And um, it turned out to be a Josh Gardner, <laughs> who people may know yeah, here def- by another name around def- here. Yeah, guy. Um, it was Cousin Sal, who is a deeply funny guy. I know it's a weird thing. People react to him weird when they hear him on, on certain yeah. podcasts, but he's a deeply funny what guy. What was the show? Sports Geniuses, it was called. On Fox Sports. Mm. It was terrible. Um, <clears throat> and there was, oh, Kevin Hench. Oh, Kevin Hench, who wrote, you know, who's now yeah. writing with this. Just think how inter- interesting. And, right. So that's how you got into that whole world. And and, <clears throat> and then there was another guy, Eric Kentoff, who was also an immensely funny guy, really talented guy who ended up deciding to leave the business. But those were the writers on the show. I was, I mean, within 45 minutes, I was like, well, I'm screwed. You know, I'm this... I'm the least funny person on a on a sports <laughs> trivia show. I'm doomed. And um, and then I just say, and then Sal one time said, "Hey, come over watch football." And it turned out it was Jimmy Kimmel's house, yeah. and we kibitzed. And by the end of that, it was uh, you know Jimmy's like, "Hey, you know, the third season of the Man Show starting up, and uh, you should submit something for that." because I cracked wise in some manner that he enjoyed watching football. And then he liked one thing I wrote in the entire 10-page submission. He liked one thing I wrote. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll, that's, this is the thing that gets you hired, was that. What was that thing? Do you remember? Yes. It was, uh, It was. remember on the man show, they had Porta Juggy. I mean, mm-hmm. they had the Juggy girls who jumped on trampolines. Yeah. I pitched Porta Juggy, which was a midget girl for, <laughs> for the guy on the go. You could take a Porta Juggy wherever you go. And she had like a, she, there was like a, a midget-shaped violin case kind of thing that you could take everywhere <laughs> you went. And I remember being – it was and Bobcat Goldthwait was the director I of this business. This was the first bit we uh, – this was the first bit I ever got on TV or anything. I was really excited. We go and we shoot it. And uh, and the midget girl – what do you – that's right. It was a, I'm uh, sorry. I know where this story is going. My bad. My bad. She – so she shows up, and, and the producer stops me and Jimmy on the way into the door and says, like, by the way, tread lightly 
with our girl today. I forget what her name was. Tread lightly with her. Uh, her dog died overnight, so she's in. She's got a puss on. She's been up all night, and she's sad. Her dog died. We're like, "What happened to your dog? Your dog died? How terrible!" Yeah, he hanged himself. He had his leash on, and he tried to jump oh the fence God. and he hanged himself. So this is who we're working with today. So that's grim. Oh. Then we said, "Oh, how awful!" Now, can you get into your case? And <laughs> she had to dress like a French maid and everything else, and jump on a hotel bed, and then jump on a whatever. And like, oh, I've been working late, and just jumping behind him and everything like that. And um, so uh, the the one thing was, and and you know, for those long flights, you can take her with you. She fits conveniently into the overhead compartment. And so anyway, so she's in her case, then in an overhead compartment on a plane. Then in, after the first take, Bobcat. You know, uh, cuts and uh, let's talk about this. Let's see what uh, what we can do and f- uh, punch this scene up a little bit. So Jimmy, so I'm standing there out of body experience. There's Jimmy Kimmel, Bobcat Goldthwait. Still was it was like kind of inexplicable. Like, wait, why is yeah Bobcat Goldthwait from the Police Academy movies? He's directing this. This could only be more only way it could be more surreal. And the conversation you know starts going. And like ten minutes later, we're still standing there talking about it. And no one has realized, oh, yeah, she's still in two layers of things. And all of a sudden, Bobcat goes like, uh, hey, you okay in there? And you just hear through through two, two cases, you just hear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy said, you are going to burn in hell for this. And, uh, and then that was it. Yeah. And then it was just the ser- – like I say, then from there it was like, ah, Corolla's got a radio show. You should be the sportsy guy on that thing. And uh, that went beautifully. I mean, that went magnificently. <laughs> well, you're still doing it. Yes, right. All right. So we're, we, we're, we have a conundrum, which is we have to do – because I want to, just me or everyone. But we have like two minutes. So we're going to do it fast. Here it comes. Lay it on me. Sometimes I ponder on something. Kristen Kramer says, when someone views pics on my phone, I'm afraid they will see something embarrassing even knowing they won't. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Can I contribute one? Yes. Can I contribute? Oh, yes, because this, this came up at the NFL just yesterday. I said, isn't that the worst when you're a kid and, uh, you know, you, you grab your uh, you, you grab your cup that and you think you're about to drink milk, but it has Pepsi in it and mm. you drink it like, oh, it's so repel. You think you're poisoned until you realize it. Eight people had no idea. They said, that's never happened to anybody before. I said, what are you talking about? That Everybody I know that's happened to. No one. I have no idea what you're talking about. Is that, That's not just me, right? No, that's not just you. I know what you mean. Gary, that's no, happened that's to you? not just you. That's what the hell is wrong with these people? That's like when I said that thing of how the embarrassment in kindergarten when you call your teacher mom. And it, <laughs> everyone's like, what? <laughs> that is that, that, that is a thing. That's the thing. Yeah, that but who, I forget who I said it in front of, but yeah, everyone was like, no. That might have been before this show. <laughs> Tom Spain said, just me or everyone, I refuse to use certain forks and spoons that my girlfriend has accidentally brought home from work. Um, I could understand not wanting to use a foreign spoon or fork, but how is she accidentally bringing them home from work? <laughs> That's the better question. That's what I'm saying. Where she works is really kind of the crux of this whole thing yeah tom spain is trying to uh is unnecessarily defending his uh his lady in case she gets charged with a crime somehow in case her employers are following him on twitter (laughs) there's an accident come on i said it right there right 
clearly sent. When someone sneezes, I get annoyed because I'm obliged to say bless you, even though I'm not religious or superstitious. Well, you could say gesundheit. No, I refuse. This is a this is a stand that I took many moons ago, and I and I continue to live it. The bless you thing, you understand? Bless you is short for God bless you. Yeah. And God bless you. You say that to somebody because you've just purged the devil from from your soul, right? And so it's like uh, uh, God bless you. I thought you say it so the devil can't jump in after. It's what I've heard it both ways. Like either the devil I, I can't come in, or like that sneeze right. has, has rid you of of his evil ways. Um, either way, I refuse to play ball on that. That's a stupid thing. Really? The devil was in me. Now I'm so bless you. So you know, wait. So and then I... it's rude if you don't say what? Because I, I don't wish you well with this, with this superstitious hokum. I'm a bad guy. So no. if I sneeze right now, you wouldn't say anything? No, I wouldn't. And I would. And I would. If you ask me why I didn't, I would tell you what I just told you. And I will not abide by it. Yes, I will take the slings and arrows for society. But a hundred years from now. People will look back on me and hail me. For I my feel like it's like just a, it's actually one of the few times that strangers talk to each other. It's true, but why? It's what? It's it, a nicety. Oh, it's so polite. Why? Nothing happened to you. You don't yes. have anything wrong with you. Hello? You sneeze. Hello, I was susceptible to the devil. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Listen, if you said, God, you know, if you said bless you to somebody who uh, you know held the door for you. Even though they only had one arm, like then I don't know. But this, but the idea that like that this requires me to somehow connect with you on on what's just happened, on the trauma you just went through, that it's is non-existent. In fact, a sneeze is delightful. I like the bless you. Ray Morgan says, "Hate going into a public restroom with a runny nose. If I sniff in, the mucus is embedded with shit molecules." Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of it that way, but sure, yeah. It's, you know, it's the uh, catch-22. I do the same thing. You know, the, the when people make their gas, when they when they do the, their fecal particles all over the place, yeah. I want nothing to do with that. But when you're in the bathroom, so you can breathe through your mouth, but then you're swallowing Yeah, them. you're eating it. No winners point. here. Philip Lancaster, it's near impossible for me to throw stray socks away. I'll keep them for months without wearing them before throwing them away. I do the same thing, and then I come upon the sock with the hole in it. Oh, no, stray socks, sorry. What I mean is I keep a sock that has a hole in it even though I won't wear it. It's stupid. I should just throw both away. Yeah, but I don't throw – yeah, I even have uh, – I. in fact, it was a big move for me over the weekend. I threw away uh, two pairs of underpants Bless that the, the the elastic kind of was getting really stretched right. out. And, and like – and by the way, even if I had it, it like was halfway down my bum, but I still wouldn't throw it away because I have weird – Sentimental affection for everything that has, I've ever. I owned. do too. I, I just wrote about this. Yes, everything affects me too much. Yeah, I. Well, I just sold my car, and I had, I had to clean it out, and I found so much stuff that I don't need. But it, the whole thing was so emotional for me. Yeah, I'm like very attached to stuff. If I'm in a hotel room for two days, I will. When I leave the room, I kind of have to take one last wistful look back and be like, "We had a lot of good times." Yes. Man. I'm never going to see you again. Uh, oh, my God. We're so the that, same. R- watch that rerun of Cheers at 1.30 a.m. Wow. Not going to forget that. That is real. That yeah, really does happen I do. Yeah, no, I do, I do the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this is the last one. After using a public unisex restroom, I leave the seat up so if a woman comes in next, she'll know I didn't pee on the seat. Mm-hmm. I... You know what I did? I was I had to I was in New York at this public thing at this, I get uh, this. at this event. I had to, uh, and uh, 
there, I, I came out of the restroom, and before, when I went in there, somebody had just I – mean, I don't know what happens in toilets with some people. I know. I mean, just there was like literally – I mean the walls were wet and like Ew. there was toilet paper indiscriminately spread around. I don't know what went on in there. And when I came out, I made a point of saying to the guy, that was not me who did that in there. I, I had to clear my name, just yeah. like you in your fart business no, in fourth I, grade. <laughs> he probably thought I did it too. Yeah, it's, that's the thing is it sounds guilty when you say that even – but then it's guilty if you don't say it's I know. Yeah, again, another I don't get this though. Leave the seat up. Yeah, so what he's saying is, is that he won't put the seat back down because although – because he doesn't want a female to come into the bathroom and assume that a male just pissed with the seat down and possibly pissed on the seat. Oh, I see. So he lifts it up and leaves it up. So as it's, right. he's saying, I'm not I'm not trying to be discourteous. I'm trying to send the message that I did not urinate on the seat you're about to use. Right. Right? Well, but that is what he's saying, and yet they like the him s- less. Wouldn't yeah. the indication that he peed on the seat be that there's pee on the seat? Like if I went, uh, you know no. what? I feel like he's not being honest. I feel like what he means to say, I'm going to redo his JMO. After using a public unisex restroom, I leave the seat up so if a woman comes in, she won't think I just took a shit. That's you're right. But how what is wrong with uh, Eric Fusco, who sent this uh, tweet in? <laughs> what is wrong with this character that he willfully sent this tweet? We don't examine what's wrong with people. In this and segment. he's lying. That will kill the segment. It kills the segment. You can't examine. No, it. you can, though, because he is lying. <laughs> That's a lie, Fusco. <laughs> it's not cause it's not the PC thing. It's the poo thing. I and think. yet he felt obliged to share this so that maybe We're calling you'll you, like him. I'm calling you out, Eric Fusco. What's really behind putting the seat up? Because if I walked into a restroom and a guy had walked out, I would just think, oh, someone sat down on this. I wonder why. I feel like I know why. That's you're exactly right. I that guess. Is, you have solved. That's exactly right. He doesn't want the lady to think he pooped. <laughs> Dave Damashek, thank you so much so for being feel, on my show. I Don't. feel sincerely like I really gave you the most boring hour ever. Not at all. I'm sorry. I apologize. Like an hour and it was longer than an hour even. Dang. No, it was really good. Thank you. All right, you guys. A couple things. If you're going to go to Amazon, which you are, because they have everything, why not click the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. Get your pistachio butter. Mm. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra to click through the banner on my website, but it does help out the show. Also, we have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You need this for your calls and your texts. You can get that by searching Hey, Go Fuck Yourself uh, with your iPhone from the iTunes store. And uh, if you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen, you can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. And you tell them where to find you. At Damashek, D-A-M-E-S-H-E-K. If you like the football and such, uh, track me down, NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. Uh, and then, uh, like I say, but the new show next Tuesday after Football Life on NFL Network is Backstory, and I'll be – on that one. What a pleasure it's been. I'm sorry I couldn't rise to your level you of, did. of uh of, you know, pleasantries and insights and everything else. I'm sorry. But you can't, you know, every no. week can't be Anthony Jeselnik and no. stars like that. Mm-mm. Was he handsome? He is handsome, yeah. Is he? He is, yeah. Have really? you not seen him in person? I he's from Pittsburgh, of course. I saw him uh not very long ago. He's a delightful chap. Oh, you don't know if he's handsome or not cuz you no, can't I'm, tell. No, he's one of those ones that he seems to me like he's got a sort of 50s kind of attractive kind of way he's long and lean ladies like that yeah he's cute he's a is he the best looking person you've had on your show who's the best looking you've had so far what you dave don't play games with my heart
what who's the best looking? Jezel Nick. Uh, honestly, I no one's coming to mind. Who's been good looking in here, Gary? Lake Bell was pretty hot. <laughs> Lake Bell. Yeah. Really? You had her? Yeah, she mm-hmm. is foxy. I once She's sang pretty. her a song while I was in a wedding Matt dress. Matt maybe? Oh, oh I, Matt. I mean, I'm friends with Matt. So Matt who? Matt Nathan. But I feel many people think he's attractive. He's a cute. He's a singer. Matt Nathanson. He's a, a musician. He had that dreamy look. Hmm. I've had that? a lot. I'm going to have to think about that, and I'm going to have to get back to Make you. Make your list. I Put will. Put it together. Just All don't, right. again, like I said, uh, with the same thing as pick up basketball. I don't care if I'm number one. Just don't make me the last. Don't make me. You would never be the last. I don't want to be. Hell no. You're one of only a few return guests. Come on. We love you, Shekels. That's right. All right. Thanks for having me back. I'm sure it'll be another three and a half years. She wants me after this performance. All right. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? Digital.